Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. This is the end of page 228. It is also the end of July 2021. And it is also the end of this recording session for me today because I have recorded five episodes and my voice is getting very raw and it's not no fun. It's not no fun. But let's read them. Read the words. Let's read the words. But we can also say, I would really love it if you reviewed this podcast. I really, really want those reviews. I'm trying to collect them all. And uh, if you want to email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. If you want to message me, follow me, look at what I post on Twitter and Instagram, it is at dictionarypod. If you want to leave me a voicemail, I may put it in an episode. Um, You know, it might be like a month later, but that's okay. Um, that is, uh, the phone number is in the show notes. So go, go do some hunting for that. All right. If you're not looking in the show notes, I'm trying to start putting more, more information in there. Maybe it might be one link. It might be something I screwed up. It might be something fun. I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Um, all right. The first word is classical conditioning. Classical conditioning. Is that when you put conditioner in your hair that's in the old school way with the old school conditioner the classical i don't know anyway it's two words noun from 1949 conditioning in which the conditioned stimulus is paired with and precedes the unconditioned stimulus until the conditioned stimulus alone is sufficient to elicit the response Okay, so we have some more information to tell you. There are examples. So the conditioned stimulus could possibly be the sound of a bell. The unconditioned stimulus could be the sight of food. And the response could be the salivation of a dog. And we are also going to compare this to the synonym, I guess, or maybe it'd be the opposite, operant conditioning. So I'm going to reread that with the examples that they put in so it makes a little bit more sense. But obviously, this is talking about um, Pavlov's dogs. Conditioning in which the sound of a bell is paired with and precedes the sight of food until the sound of a bell alone is sufficient to to elicit the salivation in a dog. Does that make more sense? I hope it does. You're welcome. Okay, moving on to classicality. This is a noun from 1819. One, the quality or state of being classic. Two, classical scholarship. Next is classically. <clears throat> you can hear my voice going. Classically, adverb from 1772. One, in a class or classical manner, as in classically exact forms of the dance. Also as in classically trained. 2a in classic or traditional circumstances synonym is typically as in classically the whole fish is stuffed typically you would stuff the whole fish not just a part of the fish that would be odd it's the whole fish Uh, 2b as a classic example that's the definition as a classic example as in classically bad writing Next is classicism. Classicism, noun from 1830, 1A. The principles or style embodied in the literature, art, or architecture of ancient Greece 
and Rome. 1b, classical scholarship. 1c, a classical idiom or expression. What would that be? A classical idiom or expression. Uh... Two birds in the hand is worth one in the bush. Is that what they say? I don't know. That's the first thing I could think of. Don't beat a dead horse. Uh, yeah. Number two, adherence to traditional standards that are universally and enduringly valid. And the examples of these traditional standards would be simplicity, restraint, and proportion. Adherence to traditional standards like simplicity, restraint, and proportion that are universally and enduringly valid. Next is classicist. Classicist. Noun from 1830. 1. An advocate or follower of classicism. 2. A classical scholar. Classicist. No, classicistic. Classicistic is an adjective. Uh, yeah. Next is classicize. Verb from 1854, to make classic or classical. That was transitive. Now we've got intransitive, to follow classic style. Um, I just uh, was having a short little conversation with somebody on Twitter uh, right after I recorded the last episode. They said, let's see, their their Twitter handle, do they want me to say it? Eh, if they want me to, I could, they can let me know. But anyway... Um, they, uh, they said that they're going to listen again with their word nerd classics major daughter. So their daughter is majoring in the classics and, uh, and she's a word nerd. Uh, and so, you know, her daughter would be a possibly a classicist or maybe she will become a classicist, a classical scholar. And uh, if you want, if you want me to say who you are on Twitter, let me know. And maybe I will put that in the show notes later. Um, okay. You know, people can be you you want to respect their privacy if they want that's fine that's either way is fine okay i think we did classicize now we are on classico adjective from 1968 produced in a delimited area of italy known for its standards of quality as in chianti classico and this is italian from the latin classicus next is classification Noun from 1791, the act or process of classifying. 2a, systematic arrangement in groups or categories according to established criteria, specifically the synonym taxonomy. 2b, synonyms are class and category. And uh, classificatory, classificatory... (laughs) or you could say classificatory. Uh, Those are adjectives. That's such a fun word. Next is classified. Oh, sorry, I can't read this one because the information is classified. Uh, This is the first form adjective from 1889. One, divided into classes or placed in a class, as in classified ads. Is that why they're called the classified, the classified ads? Because they're divided into sections, into classes, I never even knew that. I never thought about that. Huh, they've been classified into classes. Number two, withheld from general circulation for reasons of national security, as in classified information. 
Second form of classified is a noun from 1952. An advertisement grouped with others according to subject. And this is usually used in plural. The classifieds. Next is classifier. Noun from 1819. One. One that classifies. Specifically, a machine for sorting out the constituents of a substance. And what might that substance be? It might be or. O-R-E. Two. A word or morpheme used with numerals or with nouns designated designating countable or measurable objects. A word or orphan use of numerals or nouns designated. I don't know. I have to find an example of that. A classifier word or morphine. Morpheme, not morphine. Um, I kind of like to be a classifier. I kind of like sorting things into categories. And I don't know why, but that's sort of a fun task for me. It's just like the task of alphabetizing my movies or CDs or something. Next is classify. Verb from 1799, one, to arrange in classes, as in classifying books according to subject matter. Two, to assign as a document to a category. Classifiable is an adjective. Next is class interval, two words, noun from 1929. Let's see. There's two things here. The first is the 3B definition for the word class. Uh, let's, I could, I've got that right here. I've got it handy. That is uh, a collection of adjacent and discrete or continuous values of a random variable. So that is class interval, but then also it's numerical width. Width. W-I-D-T-H. The width. All right. Next is classes. C-L-A-S-S-I-S, classis, noun from 1593, one, a governing body in some reformed churches uh, corresponding to a presbytery. And the example of the reformed churches are in the former reformed church in the U.S. And then number two, the district governed by a classis. Next is classism, classism. Class with an ism, noun from 1842, prejudice or discrimination based on class. And classist is an adjective. I don't like this. I just don't like this. I don't think you should be prejudiced or discriminatory based on the class that somebody is in. Because a lot of times, it's not even, they don't have a choice in that matter. Um, I mean... We're not going to go down that road right now. That's just what I got to say. Next is classless. Classless. Adjective from 1878. One, belonging to no particular social class. How is that even possible? I don't know. Number two, free from distinctions of social class, as in a classless society. Three, synonyms are crass and boorish, as in classless behavior yeah the word class tends to mean um or often means something that's very high-end and fancy so if you are classless you are crash and boorish and i kind of like that i like to be classless every once in a while but sometimes i like to have class that's fun too you can be all over the place if you want uh okay N and then classlessness is a noun 
Next is classmate. One word, noun from 1713, a member of the same class in a school or college. It, it could be the class that you're in. There could be 20 or 30 people in the class. It could be their, your whole grade. If there's, you know, 100 people or 1,000 people, they're all your classmates. Um, and then finally, we have classroom, noun from 1811, a place where classes meet. Depends on the class. Depends on the subject, depends on the school, depends on the grade, depends on how many people in there. It's going to be a different room, but it's always a classroom. All right, so the words today were classical conditioning, classicality, classically, classicism, classicist, classicize, classico, classification, classified, classifier, classify, class interval, classis, classism, classless, classmate, and classroom. I feel like my eyes don't even know what is going on because there was so much of the same letters. Um, I think I shall just pick classical conditioning because uh, it's just a fascinating subject that, you know, you can train dogs and humans and other things with this. Uh, obviously, it's relatively easy to train a dog, but, you know, maybe I should try some classical conditioning on my cats. I should have done that when they were young, but I didn't. I think they they classically conditioned me and I didn't even know it. Um, yeah. Classical conditioning is the process where you train something. What are the holidays for today? In Malaysia, it is Warrior's Day. In Poland, it is Treasury Day. In Har Haryana and Punjab, India, it is Martyrdom Day of Shahid Udham Singh. In Hawaii, it is Kahai Hawaii Day. Uh, that is Sovereignty Restoration Day. In, let's see, sitting of the High Court of Justice of England, it is the end of the Trinity term. In Baha'i, it is the earliest day on which, on which the Feast of Kamal can fall. That is also called Perfection. And let's look at this page. It is Food Day in Canada. In Australia, it is National Tree Day. And what are the fun holidays? We got four of them. It is World Ranger Day. It is National Mutt Day. Celebrate your mutt. Uh, if you've got a, a dog that is all, all different kinds of breeds all together, I think they're the most interesting dogs. Um... It's National Avocado Day. I try to eat maybe a half avocado most days. It's it's good. You mix it in with some other stuff and it tastes good and and it's healthy for you. Uh, yeah, let's have some avocados. And finally, it is National. No, it's just Harry Potter's birthday. July 31st is Harry Potter's birthday. If you didn't know that, uh, let's see. If I am remembering correctly, I believe according to the books, uh, Harry Potter was would have been born, if he were a real person, in 1980. I believe that is the timeline of all of it. I could be totally off on that, but I think I remember hearing somewhere that he would have been born in 1980, which means he's about a month older than me. Um, yeah, man, my niece is so into Harry Potter. I mean, I'm sure she knows his birthday is July 31st. Uh, so we'll have to have a little chat about Harry Potter on today. We'll, we'll celebrate Harry Potter's birthday. All right. Uh, we have finished page 228. 
Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Adios.